Hi everyone, welcome back to Roll for Enterprise, the podcast described as the squishy heart at the center of enterprise IT. This week, it's just us boys. It's uh, Mike, Zach, and me. Uh, Lilac sends her excuses, but we'll try to do our best in her absence. Mods are we'll asleep. Post nudes. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll give it a we'll give it a valiant effort. Let's put it that way. Indeed. So a lot of the news has been uh, reactions to Google's events. Uh, so they had Google Cloud Next uh, twenty twenty one actually last week and. Obviously, it's virtual because 2021 uh, reInvent is, I think, still scheduled to be the first big event uh, in person. Fingers crossed. I'm still what hoping was the, to go. By the way, I never knew Google had an event uh, that it was last week, but it, it, was it in person or was it all virtual? I would all assume virtual. all virtual. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. See, that's uh, that's Google all over, right? So they've been doing this event. I actually quite enjoyed it. I got to attend it a couple of times when it was in person. It's a good event. It's a bit of a different vibe from some of the other mega events. Yeah. But yeah, the the news this week, so Thomas Kurian uh, was up on stage and uh, he was doing his thing. Uh, but Zag, you dropped this link in, I think, about so the, the reorg that he announced. Uh, do you want to talk about your thoughts there? Oh, my thoughts are, is uncomfortable good? I mean, that's what he's doing. He's, you know, he's taking a lot of these vets that have been there for a while. And we see this across the industry and all these other organizations that want to pivot, I should say, right? There are a lot of these, you know, I mean, Cisco wants to become a cloud player, right? I can laugh at that. Well, I'll take a good laugh and move on from that one. But, you know, there, there's a lot of stuff going on there. So a lot of these large organizations, and I think Google kind of falls in that, in that realm. So my question is, is it good? Is it good? People are uncomfortable right now with Google Cloud. They really are. And let's be honest, they've really been on the outside looking in. They're always a part of the big three discussion, but they really haven't you know, found their, their niche. And, and people can argue and say what they want, but the bottom line is they're, they're really not you know, the player of that Microsoft is, certainly. And to some extent, AWS with developers. Um, and we're going to talk about reInvent in a minute because I'm ready for another 50 acronyms to come out of that shit show of an event. <laughs> but you know, when you think about like, Uncomfortable, is it good? What do you guys think? I mean, is it good what he's doing? Because he's really making a lot of people you know, he's turning things upside down. And, and let me tell you, that's interesting for an organization that you would think is so massive, right? You would think they're settled in, everything's good. That says something to me. That's That makes a statement. I, I think it's, uh, you know, people get comfortable. You know, you get com- like, man, how, look, I'm not in sales. I'm not in marketing. But, you know, these salespeople, they get, they get happy with their commission. And then they settle in. And they keep it going steady. If you want people to push hard, you need to make everybody uncomfortable. You need to push in different ways. And, you know, if, if Cisco would have done that, you know, five, six, seven years ago, it, it would have been a different Cisco today. You know, but everybody's happy with, with the commission they're making. Everybody's happy with the, the revenue they're making. And m- maybe the street is not. But, you know, everybody who works there is happy with uh with the pay they're taking home. And yeah, it's complacency. There's no new ideas coming in. I think, you know, you could look at Cisco. It's it's happened there. I think there's a danger that it's going to happen at AWS. But I think what's driving sales at AWS is this pipeline of all this this new that comes out. So, and and look, I, I, don't, think, I don't think GCP is that bad, right? I mean, last quarter they grew 50%. I mean, nobody's really going to GCP, true. But I think in certain yeah, niches, you'd be surprised. Uh, so one of the so the, I have to disclose conflicts of interest. So my employer made several cameos uh, during the event, 
so on day one, Thomas Kurian said that uh, MongoDB was transacting more net new customers through Google Cloud than through any other cloud service provider, uh, which is pretty significant in terms of the growth curve. And on day two, we had our CEO, David Ticheria, had uh, uh, a part in the, the developer keynote. So, you know, bear that in mind uh, where this is coming from. But I, I like Google Cloud a lot. It's, um, it's, really, it's really nice once you get into the Google mindset, which is kind of Google all over, right? You have to shoehorn yourself into the Google way of doing things. And as long as you do things the way Google is happy to let you do them, you'll get along just fine until they discontinue the service in favor of something different. But that's another conversation. Or um, stop developing it, yeah. Or stop developing it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I so, guess, but I, but I guess, if you turn people over and make them uncomfortable, they'll continue to develop it because people are excited about something new. Yeah, and I mean, Thomas Kurian was brought in to shake things up and talk to the enterprise. That's his background. And if these changes get in that direction, I think that's uh, is going to turn out to be a good thing. I'm a little bit skeptical whenever you hear all these upper routes, uh, corporate cultures, uh, was uh, very dead man's shoes for promotion, uh, that sort of thing. Uh, but you can get stuck in a rut, a lot of groupthink. Uh, Microsoft under Steve Ballmer was a bit like that. And then Satya Nadella came in and he changed a lot of that organization. And I don't think anyone can argue with the results uh, that he achieved. So if this is the first uh, step, or, you know, it's not the first step, as I was just saying, it's a journey that's already underway, and I think is underappreciated in the market, just how much mindshare growth Google Cloud has been grabbing recently, and then it's going to be all to the good. What are you doing, pushing up your acquisition price? I mean, you're trying to get 20% more share? Come on. <laughs> really? Come on. I mean, what are we talking about here? <laughs> there you go. Oh, yeah, but come on, you're just saying reInvent, they're going to announce a, a 19th way of running Kubernetes. Is that the plan this year? Oh, okay. <laughs> well, we'll move on AWS then. What do you think about this reInvent coming up? I mean, every year there's so many more acronyms. I think they just want to confuse customers so they have a reason to talk about something new. And I, I don't know. I just, I'm waiting for all the new acronyms. Let's, let's wait for them. I can't wait to see if they're going to be named after movies, they're going to be named after, you know, um, who knows what, you know, uh, but I mean, there's so much stuff that comes out of AWS. It's flat out confusing. I mean, do they, why are they doing this? I mean, every year, do you guys disagree to them? Is it just me there, and all the acronyms? There's, there's a, first of all, there are a lot of people. So there's a lot of developers, a lot of people pushing. I think they probably have the biggest customer base out of all of them. So they yeah. have a lot of understanding of what customers want. And basically they're going to throw, you know, a hundred spitballs at the at the wall and see what sticks. Um, let's hope you don't pick one that doesn't stick. That's the danger right there. Yeah. Well, wait a minute. Do you really think they understand customers' needs? I'll tell you why. Because you talk to customers. I don't think they understand them, but I do think they listen. They, they're all about the A/B testing and the iterating and studying the data and seeing where that takes them. Microsoft the is wrong, much more. It's the wrong people. They're they're listening to developers. Come on. Yeah. They're yeah, yeah exactly. they look at who uses the platform. That's what they're looking at. They look at the metrics and they analyze and extrapolate. Microsoft tells a coherent story and then builds the things that support that story. And maybe the first time they tell it to you, they don't have all the pieces yet, but they know where they're going and they're going to get there. And 18 months later, they're there. Uh, Amazon, you have no idea. They don't know. They don't know. They're just going to do things and the things that work, they'll do more of them. And the things that don't, they'll stop doing. That's all they do, which is not a bad strategy. It's got them pretty pretty far, but... <laughs> yeah, aren't, aren't you more excited about uh, Ignite than reInvent? 
I mean, I'm more excited about Ignite than reInvent. I mean, wh- wh- where's Microsoft going to take this ecosystem? I think is yeah, one Cirque du Soleil and my VR goggles. I think that's a great point. I'm more excited about Ignite. And the thing about Microsoft, you talk to customers; they're they're, they're using their products right now. I mean, DLP. I mean, they're they're taking mind share or uh, market share away from CrowdStrike, right? With their some of their solutions. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're going after that market. MFA everywhere. Everybody's talking about MFA because of, you know, whatever they have to get, you know, compliant and all that good stuff. They're essential. They're, they're right there in the middle of that conversation. Right. And so I think you both of you are right. I mean, AWS and the developers, that's going to get you so far. That's, that's not going to take you. So do you want to continue to be that that play in that market space? Or do you really want to solve what I think are real world problems and that AWS would argue that all day long? They're solving problems. Well, yeah, you are. I'm not going to say they're not. But Microsoft gets it and they are very very precise in how they go after it microsoft owns the desktop and the desktop is an easy way to the back room and the back office and 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 that's something that aws doesn't have so you're going to get more pure geeks looking at it you know google they kind of have a piece of everything but it's so kludgy like you know they really need an, a skilled operator to come in there and uh, you know uh, yeah I, I don't know that uh, Kurian from from Oracle can make that happen, and he only owns a, a piece of it in, in GCP. Microsoft has a a really whole like coming together vision on every end of it, right? So, yeah. Yeah, and there were flashes of an end to end story from Google. I, I was very excited. This was actually the last Google Cloud Next uh, that was in person uh, in London. And that was where they announced that you could connect uh, a Google Sheet, a spreadsheet. Uh, back into one of their database offerings and you could run queries and have live data from a spreadsheet. And I think that was really smart because it was what you were saying, Mike, the business people, business analysts, they live in spreadsheets and they're starting to look at spreadsheets plus plus. They're starting to look at Airtable and Tableau and all of these things, but their default view is a grid that they can plug their things into. And if you can make it easier for them to get the data into those models uh, or have that type of front end on live data, then you start to get somewhere really interesting. But but see, Microsoft was doing that for a long time. Yeah. And then they pivoted people to Power BI. And now they're telling, and now they're like, you could see it slowly, slowly changing where it's like, hey, can I connect to live data? And that's what you hear people ask for more and more. So they've taken a different approach where they're they're slowly kind of, you know, taking an end user's hand and walking them to the most optimal optimal outcome for for everybody. I, I, I just think Microsoft is so well-rounded. You know, I listened to um, to Sacha talk um, at the Code Conference. Uh, it was on the um, Recode podcast. Um, and interesting enough, he, he, you know, Kara Swisher asked him about Balmer and he said that, you know, if it wasn't for the foundation laid out there, I don't think they'd be where they were, to, where they are today, and and giving him uh, the opportunity to run with cloud and so on and so forth. And I thought, yeah, well said, but the complete bullshit. <laughs> you know, it's well, no come on, everyone <laughs> makes fun of developers, 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 but that was uh, an important foundation for my. Yeah, uh, sure, J- just like buying Nokia. No, was it Nokia? <laughs> I, 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 I don't. Yeah, the burning don't platform. Sure, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're getting into phones. I bought Nokia. What? Yeah, so. Yeah, and that was the end of it. What year was this? Yeah, that that was unfortunate. But no, I agree. And the other interesting thing about Google Cloud is its partnership play. And that was one of the other announcements. They're dropping the marketplace revenue share 
again, conflicts of interest disclosure, but they're going from 20% down to 3%. And there are always a bunch of asterisks against that previous number, and I'm not going to talk about that any further. Um, but it's, it's still a very interesting move, both in comparison to the Amazon and Microsoft marketplaces and just in terms of the PR with uh, how much news there is about Apple's App Store and Google's App Store and the consumer app stores in general. It's interesting to see Google try to ride that. And the other thing that's interesting there is that, once again, it speaks to the competitive positioning, right? Amazon talking to developers, a lot of the partners are in turn speaking to developers, and so it makes for a confused message. Uh, Microsoft has always been about the ecosystem. That's what they are. Even more than about a platform, they're about an ecosystem. And so they were always very careful to build their things around that. Google have been finding their way, and this is a very interesting move to make their marketplace different and relevant uh, in a way that the other two have not done. So, so look, we all agree that Google's like way behind, that AWS is the biggest, and that Microsoft's in the middle. Does anybody not believe that Microsoft will catch up and pass AWS? I've... I think, so my forecast, and we can all laugh about this five years from now, but yeah, my forecast is that Amazon, in law of large numbers, inevitably they hit stagnation uh, in their growth rate. But Microsoft continues to, to grow, and Google, I think, has a, an acceleration. So they might actually all wind up fairly close to each other when all the growth has played out. Uh, they just have the markets uh, split between them. Yeah, I think you touched on something, though, a little while ago. Maybe you weren't... I think you might have talked about partners, but you know, think about Microsoft. I mean, they grow with their partners, and and one thing with AWS. I mean, I'm sure they have partners, but they're I don't know. It's it's almost like they have everybody in house, right? They brought all this this talent in house, and they're trying to do a lot of things with their professional services. Yeah, they have partners, but it's not like the Microsoft you know partner community. And uh, it just makes me think that you know Microsoft might even have a, a step ahead there. So I think they're they're ready for growth. I mean, you talk about some of these Microsoft engagements we were talking about earlier, right? You know, whether it's data loss prevention or, you know, some of the MFA stuff that's going on there. And there are a lot of customers doing Azure directory integration into, you know, Okta and back into Microsoft, you know, Authenticator. It's, it's, they're in the middle of all these conversations. There's always a partner there ready to deliver. With AWS, it seems like it's AWS there ready to deliver. Um, I, I don't know if they're still trying to build that partner community, but yeah, I, I agree, Mike. There's no way that Apple, I mean, that Apple, we'll get to them in a minute. There's no <laughs> way that Microsoft doesn't jump to the front of the pack here soon. I completely agree. A a AWS has chosen to vertically integrate everything. And the problem with that is some of their solutions are so kludgy. I, I think a bit like they suffer from Google. Google may have some solutions that are way better than AWS, as hard as that is to believe. Yeah, no, I agree. Yep. Definitely Long for certain that. niche use cases. Right. That's bad. <laughs> That's really bad, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, you mentioned Apple, so let's move on to them. Uh, so Apple had their announcement earlier this week, last Monday, and they had the this was the not iPhone event. It was uh, the everything else event, and so the, we had the the iPhones a little while ago, and then this was for everything that wouldn't fit in among the iPhones. So we had uh, AirPods, we had HomePods in new exciting colors, uh, and we did not have what I really wanted which was a monitor that didn't cost more than several of my first cars. But we also got new MacBook Pros, which I'm slightly disappointed about. They look amazing. They look incredible in terms of hardware specs. 
But I'm a little bit out of step with a lot of the Apple uh, fans and commentators out there because I was not looking forward to getting back a compact flash reader and uh, HDMI port and whatever. And I, I like my touch bar. I was hoping that they would iterate on the touch bar. I would agree the touch bar has problems. I would agree the USB-C Thunderbolt ecosystem is uh, has got some issues. And in fact, last week, uh, when it was just Lilac and me, that was one of my picks, the USB 3 confusion uh, out there. But I was hoping that Apple would fix those, that they would iterate, that they wouldn't just, okay, never mind, forget the last five years ever happened. No more touch bar. Uh, you can have all the ports. I, I believe they'd have put a VGA port on there if it had been if the laptop had been thick enough. <laughs> I, I I think Dominic here, you're a bit of an, an outlier in in this discussion because I think they've been they've been ridiculed a long time for like people carrying around this massive dongles to convert everything. And I, I mean, you know, USB C is very prevalent and becoming more prevalent, but there's still so many just USB 2, USB 3 devices out there that people are using um, that you can't get rid of it. And I I think all the complaints that people had about the MacBook, they just went in and listened to all the users and and fixed them all. So, you know, I I kind of applaud them here for for listening to people. And I think, you know, when you look at it, it, I mean, yeah, okay, they're always going to say it's the fastest MacBook ever, best MacBook ever, sure. But I think they took care of some of the the simpler things that... um, um, that weren't there before. Yeah, but I, my objection is they did it by going backwards. This thing looks exactly like uh, we, we have a nine-year-old, I think, MacBook in the house. Uh, it's a, a hand-me-down that's now on my son's desk. And these new machines look like that Mac. And that's, that's not a good thing. And I it's think what people really... were asking for. It's what people were for, asking for. It's yeah. what all the fans wanted. And now everyone's very happy about it. But I don't think it's a good sign. I wanted them to double down and say, no, we've got Touch Bar 2. Uh, we've uh, revitalized the USB-C ecosystem. And one of the ways we've done it is we've released this $1,000, $1,500 screen, which has <laughs> a, a hub in the bottom that you can plug everything into. So you need one cable into your laptop. Uh, which is kind of what I've assembled for myself out of bit parts. But that that's what people want. Get rid of the dongles, sure, but don't get rid of them by having 17 types of cable you can plug in. Man. What is this? Going to have SCSI, Centronics 50-pin? <laughs> <laughs> Too many people are not upgrading because they love the old one and didn't love the new one. And I think that's what they they went after, which I think is completely fine. You know, I think they're like, you know, you could talk to people who use Dell machines, but I think there's a lot of people who love their Dell machines and they're becoming a bit more like Dell. Why Dell tries to become a bit more like like a Mac, I think it's all converging to the same space, to be honest. They're, they're going to look quite similar in the future. That's just my personal opinion here. Yeah, and they already do. I remember back when I could go out in the world, uh, I, was, I sat down across the table from somebody and they whipped out this thing and I was like, wait, that's not a MacBook. It was a Sony Vio whatever. And it had a dongle <laughs> because it was all USB-C on board. It's, they basically built a, a MacBook Air with Sony Vio design language. It looked good, I have to say. It looked really good, and it came with dongles. I I don't know. It, it was never a, something that majorly bothered me because I rarely plug my MacBook into things. So when, when I would go out in the world, I'd plug it into a projector. But even so, projectors these days, they often have Thunderbolt cables or they go wireless. Either there's an Apple TV in the room or there's that weird uh, uh, Barco thing that you plug in that has the, the red ring around it. Have you seen one of those? 
Oh, my Mike's looking. I have one right here. Yeah, right here. Right here. There right you here. go. Right. Here you go. Here you go. Yeah, yeah. So exactly. You have no idea what this is, uh, uh, Zach. So f- uh, no. For the listeners who can't see it, Zach is looking very confused as Mike holds up <laughs> basically uh, a five centimeter square with a stubby USB cable coming out of it. If you have certain types of office setups, the idea is you plug that into your laptop and it's a one connector uh, yeah. link to the projector and speakers and, and, and in the meeting room. Yeah, the ring light around it will turn solid, and then you just push the button, it'll project to, your, to the TV. So it's like a wire-free display. It allows for multiple presenters in the same room. Super European, super European, Zach. That's why you haven't heard of it. There you go. Yeah, but there is a there is a lag, so it's great for presentations. But if you're gonna like project video or anything like that, yeah, forget it. It, it ain't gonna work too well. So yeah, oh, that's no, not uh, great for that. I think I'm more I'm more pissed off at the Dells and everyone else for not making a better product. And that's what really upsets me. Yeah, I mean, my, Apple makes a great product and they know it, and they can have a misstep and they can still you know survive from it and go forward. I mean, what? The because hell? no one's what breathing down these... their neck. <laughs> yeah. What? What is it that difficult, guys, to catch up and do something? And I'm picking on Dell, but who else is really, you know, has the capability in that in the hardware space there to to do something? But what? Apple builds a premium product that you're willing to pay for. Dell is used by massive organizations that are looking to penny pinch everywhere. So they have to, yeah, and and it's volume, and they have to play that game. Um, but you know, yeah, I mean, look, Dell in the office, uh, you know, Apple at home, that's, that's my take on it. Right. So yeah, I, I, I think there's a, a MacBook or a, a Mac mini in my future, but you're right. The other companies just don't get it. I mean, if you wanted to, you know, own personal device, then yeah, you can make it work and, and do something great. I guess Dell is trying with Alienware for gamers and. I guess Didn't Dell buy people. Alienware? Yeah, they own them. Yeah, they they, they do. Which is, again, it's a completely different market with a completely different aesthetic, but it commands a premium price because it serves that market in a way nobody else does. It's just awkward looking. Oh, yeah, yeah. If you want a laptop the size of a battleship that lights up in neon like the Fast and the Furious, (laughs) Alienware's got you covered. The thing about Apple, too, is, you know, even when they... You know, let's be. You said HomePods earlier, right? I mean, they missed. Were they different colors? Product. They lost their. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Lost the market share really to to Alexa. Even Google was able to get in there and grab some of that. You see, they're they're starting to. I mean, they're so desperate that okay, we're gonna we're gonna if you use Siri, we're gonna reduce the price of Apple Music. You know, so. But the key is you got to use Siri, and that just to me. Well, no, that's that's what the take everyone has. Uh, I think it's that's not what it is. I think they they didn't make the link in the presentation. No, it's for the it's for the HomePods. <laughs> so that if you get a HomePod for Christmas because it's ninety nine bucks and you want something that looks a bit nicer than the the Alexas and whatever's of this world, and you get it and you set it up, and now what? Now you've got an option for an Apple Music subscription that works with the HomePod device. They're you bribing you to use it. I, what are you, you're kidding me. It doesn't. They're they're basically saying, please use Siri. It's. I mean, I'm not saying it sucks, but nobody's using it. We, we're worried because Alexa's passed us. Please, to God, use Siri. Please get this. We'll give you Apple Music as a discount. There's no <laughs> way know, they're not doing that. That's exactly <laughs> what they're doing. You know what's crazy? There are people that will not put an Echo device and Alexa in their home, but Apple comes out with something that's affordable, and boom, it's like everywhere, every room. Like I don't get there it. You go. Right? But that's yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's the market. Yeah. 
because it, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, it's because but, of the but, different privacy stances being all European well, again. Yeah, yeah. But hold, hold on. Didn't they stop the regular HomePod, but now they call this the HomePod Mini? So is HomePod coming back? Like, I, I have no idea what their play is here. Like, what are they doing? Yeah, I, I'm not sure about that either. Everyone assumed a HomePod was coming back when they canceled the original one. And so far, nothing. Maybe that's uh, the spring event. But the HomePod Mini is actually a really attractive device. I'm intending to get a couple in the Christmas list. What do you want me to Do you have Alexa right now? Do you have no? Any- no? <laughs> it's, it's an Apple guy. Come on. Come on. Come on. Yeah. It pains yeah. me to have to buy this LG panel instead of getting a, an Apple screen, but I can't stomach the XDR. That's too rich. For you know, I, I think we need a moment of silence here because Dominic, after two years, has finally pulled the trigger on a monitor and he bought an LG, not an Apple. So I think hats off to you, Dominic, on making a decision here. That That's that's great. That's great. Yeah. Guess what? I don't have an LG monitor, folks. <laughs> Right, there you go. I'll let you know when once I get to and once I got all set up. But I'm looking forward I, to that. I, I still think you should have bought the six thousand dollar Apple monitor with the thousand dollar stand. I think it would have been like knock your socks off. You would have been happy for a mere seven thousand dollars. I mean, yeah, that would have been great. Well, if any listeners want to set up some ad campaigns with us and help finance. Uh... <laughs> My Patreon is bydominicanxdr.com. <laughs> yeah, this is the this is the ass kicker about Apple is they they walk around they tell everybody you know, we we care about you know globalization the world and the people and this and that and your products are so de- even the used products that are four generations old they can't afford in seventy percent of these countries. I mean these kids grow up just dreaming about it. Get off your high horse, Apple. Stop the bullshit. Your margins so, have to be no. Nice. So hang on. I've got, no, I'm no, to put no, no, no. I've got my All Apple right. fanboy I'll t-shirts wait. here. Uh, the the thing with Apple devices, though, is they last not just because of how they're made, although that's also part of it, but also they give software support for years. Uh, my eldest has a hand-me-down iPhone SE, not the current one, the original one, the one that looks like an iPhone five. And it still works, and it just got an OS update like last month. It's not, you know, uh, the current iOS, but it got a security update with patches, and no Android manufacturer provides that. If you have a 12, 18-month-old Android, that's it. You've seen your last patch for that device, almost certainly. And never mind that the whole thing's going to fall apart and the screen will delaminate. That's what drives these premium prices. You can buy, like, an iPhone 7 right now off of Amazon, and that device will run the latest OS, and it'll be a good device. How much? Uh, How much is that iPhone Seven? It's several hundred dollars, but you know it's, it's again. Worth it. So seventy percent of the world can't afford it yet. So maybe we'll have to wait for that. Maybe twenty twenty five will buy it. Yeah, I, I think that's a, this is a true issue on on the cost of Apple. But then again, that's their market. Hey? That's what yeah. they're playing for. It's working wait, for. Wait, I hold it. on, Zach. Did you watch the Did you watch the keynote? We we were talking about this before we started recording. You so the keynote starts with some kid in his garage. Door opens, and he's on like some some synthesizer keyboard making music on his Mac. But he has the seven thousand dollar monitor with a thousand dollar stand there in his garage. Like, oh yeah, I'm gonna buy the seven thousand dollar rig, minimalist, but put it in my garage. Yeah, that's totally realistic. Apple, great job, great job. Yeah, yeah. Well, I can say a lot about that, but I won't. Yeah, go figure. 
Zach, I think we should both buy two of these monitors and just like ha- show, like send videos to Dominic of us like opening them and unwrapping them and how happy we are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I just will, can't get over it. happiness. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. Everyone I, else sucks so bad. That's the problem. But we should probably refuse to buy the thousand dollar monitor stand because that might be a bit a bit exaggerated. Yeah, thousand yeah. dollar monitor stand. Uh, it it yeah. is amazing. Yeah. I mean, I've seen these screens. I've been in an Apple store where they had these screens set up. They they are incredible, uh, but I still cannot <laughs> cannot even approach that. Anyway, <laughs> awesome. but, but real quick, I, this reminds me of what Disney did a couple years ago, two three years ago. Their their parks were at full capacity, and they came out and this is you can find this online. They came out and said, you know what, we're going to raise our prices, and they raised them like two times. Remember that, Mike, in like six months? They're they very, but now they have variable pricing. Variable pricing, right? Per but, day. but this is maybe three years ago. But they said, "Look, we're we're doing it until somebody says ouch, basically until the parks aren't." And they kept at capacity. They raised them again at capacity. Hey, if it works for Apple, it works. All I'm saying is, get off your high horse. Stop trying to pretend to be some you know cultural you know difference maker and all this bullshit. It's not true. I mean, you're making money. You're part of the problem of corporate America. You're doing all this stuff. You make. I mean, this it is what it is. All I'm saying is. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of people, you know, and then, and also one last thing about Apple is when they fail at something, they don't even say we failed. And that's all right, I guess. Like with Siri, I'm sorry, they're, they're trying to grab, you know, market share there. And they're, they're, in my opinion, just bribing people with Apple Music. And then, you know, you turn around, even the iPhone, let's, let's be honest there, they, they said, oh, we're good with the supply chain. Now, like, oh, yeah, that's why we're not going to get as many out the door, really? Or is it because they're 1500 bucks at 2000 once you get them loaded up? Is that why? So I just think Apple's got a way of just, their, their PR machine is great. I mean, but let's be honest. I, I see some cracks here. I see some cracks with Apple Music. I see some cracks with their iPhone sales. And I just think that they're full of shit when they talk about all the good they do. That's, I'm off my high horse, but that's. <laughs> and on that bombshell. <laughs> <laughs> what do you really think, Zach? No, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, so I'm going to continue with my recommendations because I have to finance uh, the XDR display I really want to buy. Uh, there's a MongoDB.local London. It's a hybrid event in person and online. That's on the 9th of November. If you're in London or in the UK, you should come there and I have a discount for you in the show notes. And if you're not, the whole thing will also be available online because of the times we live in. Uh, that discount code is in the show notes there. Do either of you guys have recommendations this week? I would tell people in two weeks there's uh, Ignite, Microsoft, and uh, it's all virtual, uh, so anybody could sign up. And I think towards the end of November, there's uh, reInvent. Uh, again, it's uh, it's in person in Vegas, but again, they're all kind of live streaming all these sessions. So, you, you know, you could just sign up and attend them, no cost. I think, um, yeah. That's one of the good be... things of the pandemic, and I hope we keep yeah, these hybrid yeah. formats. Uh, Got to tell you, this week I watched a, a Gartner keynote um, virtual. It was those terrible. don't work remote. No, let's talk no, about that next week. Maybe that, that's a good topic. Yeah, Zach, did you have not. any recommendations? No, none, none, none this week. But next week I'll have some. Excellent. Well, with that, thank you very much for listening. You can follow the show on Twitter at Roll for Enterprise or on our LinkedIn page. The theme music is by my good friend Renato Podesta. Please do send us suggestions for topics and or guests for future episodes. If you're going to be at one of the events we're at, do say hi, and we'll see you next week. Thanks, everybody. Thanks.